Hello and welcome to the D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. This week's bonus episode is a big one featuring Clavio's Director of Product Marketing, Jenna Crane. Clavio is the e-commerce leading email service provider valued at close to $10 billion, a true unicorn of the D2C space. This podcast with Jenna answers the hard questions about email and SMS marketing like, what's it like being a unicorn? Why unifying your email, SMS, and CDP stack is a must for any scaling brand, plus concrete examples of dynamic customer journeys that are enabled by Clavio's full stack, how to flip the funnel with zero-party data, and the biggest scoop of them all, where did the name Clavio come from? Hope you enjoy. On with the show. Imagine if you could pull in all of your data from your store platform, use that data to build live updating segments for audiences like, say, female frequent purchaser, display a form on your site to show a certain offer when someone from that segment visits your site, and then have an email automatically go out to that person one week before her next predicted order date, reminding her of that offer, and then maybe showing some products like the ones she browsed, and then have an SMS message automatically go out to her two days after that if she didn't open the email and being able to set up all of that within the same platform in minutes and be able to see exactly how much revenue was driven from the email versus the SMS. It's really just so much easier and so much more powerful when everything was together. Welcome to the D2C podcast, Jenna. Can you just start a little bit with what it's like to be a unicorn? <laughs> well, you know, it means I can't wear hats because uh, my horn, oh, you know. Classic. Just, um, it's been a wild ride. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really fun. I mean, the marketing team at Clavio has been, I think it was 25 people in January, and now we will end the year at, I think, 120 people. So it's it's just all of the cliches around hyper growth very much apply. You're building the plane as you're flying it, but um, it's really fun. Unbelievable. I was just reading, and this was back in May, the company's at a $9.5 billion valuation. Yep. Wild. And I, I, we were talking a little bit about this before. I know this was a bit before your time, but I was saying I recalled uh, my brother works at Shopify and I recalled way back in the day, five, six years ago, when Shopify kind of and MailChimp kind of broke up. Uh, and that you were saying is sort of the really a bit of the the beginning of Clavio's mad ascendance. Could, like, do you know the story of that at all? The outline of it? I don't know the reasons behind the breakup. I know, you know, from the Clavio side, what happened as we actually, I don't know if many people know this, but we started as a data analysis platform, a data analytics tool. So our data platform is actually really core to what we do. And uh, our founders, you know, after talking to a bunch of people, they said, hey, this is super valuable being able to pull in all the data from across my tech stack and uh, use it to create segments and um, these really rich profiles, but I want to be able to actually do something with that data. So they added the messaging layer. Uh, so the company really focused on building out that product for the first you know, six, seven years. And when the uh, MailChimp Shopify breakup happened, it was a catalyst for a lot of people to who hadn't really heard of Clavio before to start exploring alternatives. And they often found Clavio and fell in love. So here we are today. I've used Clavio before. I have fallen in love with Clavio at times. What do you think it is that makes people fall? This is such a softball question, but I'm curious. <laughs> like, what do you what do you think it is that makes people fall in love with Clavio when they use it? Yeah, well, we invest a lot in making the product super easy to use and intuitive. So it's giving people 
the functionality and the power that oftentimes are only available to big companies with huge development teams and huge, you know, agencies or resources. So, you know, building the product to be intuitive, you know, from day one, but also super powerful and sophisticated. That combination is actually pretty rare, you know, simple and intuitive yet, yet powerful. Um, And I think it does also come back to that, the platform being our core. So we have a, a NoSQL database, which uh, I'm not going to get into all of why that makes us differentiated, but it is a really powerful thing to be able to integrate so seamlessly with your store platform and all the other tech you're using and pull in all that data automatically and have it update your customer audiences and segments in real time and use that data to drive really personalized, relevant messages. Because, you know, as we all know, relevance and personalization are really the key to creating engaging customer experiences that actually stand out and drive real results. So that's that's a big part of why we're we're so great. Nice. And we'll we'll get into all that, but I have to ask another uh, softball. Sure. Where, where does where does Clavio come from? Where does the name Clavio come from? It's because it's it's one of those ones that like I, I heard about it and then within a day I'd heard, you know it's pronounced Clavio, right? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's got it, it has that whole like meta thing where people are talking about it. How did the, where did the name come from? Yes, we have the those stickers and shirts that say the phonetic pronunciation. Um, so it's actually from the Spanish word clavillo, which is the tool that rock climbers use to insert into walls. Clearly, I'm a rock climber. Um, so the thinking there is that we are the supports that help creators and entrepreneurs scale their business and go to incredible heights. I think this podcast is worth it. I bet, I bet there's very few people in our audience who knew that. Uh, I that, bet you're right. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I feel like I feel like it's a real scoop that we found out where Clavio came from. It's a little bit of lore. That's uh, that's great. Okay, cool. So heading into Q4, you know, there's never been a bigger emphasis on owning your customer relationship, owning your data, owning that relationship. Not always, always having to acquire. Uh, the, the users again on these social media platforms that you have to pay for. What what is what's Clavio's biggest focus kind of heading into Q4 and to 2022 right now? Yeah, we're talking a lot about that. I mean, especially with all of the privacy changes, the supply chain issues. You know, it's more important than ever to have strong direct relationships with your customers and to really be able to own your growth in a way that's cost-effective and sustainable. Um, so we we've actually been calling it flipping the funnel. So uh, really starting with your customer base as your main growth lever. And, you know, this is especially true going into, you know, what's hopefully a really big Q4 for everyone is that if you can use all of that traffic that gets to your website, all of the customers that you've managed to uh, acquire in, in a big Q4, and then use that as your base for growth in Q1 and beyond, you're going to be in a much better position than if you continually have to rent your customers from third-party apps or marketplaces. I've seen some really cool things heading into Q4. I just interviewed uh, Tony Yu from Vessi. And just some of the neat things that brands are doing heading into Q4 just to build their list. And, and the easiest thing in that vein, I think, is giveaways. If you can if you can do a giveaway where you're providing value to your audience in some way that reinforces the value of your product, it feels like a no-brainer heading into Q4. Are you seeing a lot of brands employing that strategy? Absolutely. A lot of giveaways, a lot of offers. What we're also seeing as successful, though, if people don't want to do kind of discounts or, or monetary things, um, just especially with SMS, you know, that kind of first look or inside scoop or the kind of sneak peek um, that tends to be really effective too. So, you know, sign up for our SMS channel and get um, 
early notifications of our, our big sales so you can get things before they sell out. That works too. So I know another big focus of Clavio is that you've, you're really uh, investing heavily in your SMS a portion of your of your platform. I'd like you to talk about that. And I'm also, I know there's a lot of people in our audience who, a lot of people in our audience use Klaviyo. And then a lot of them, they, they've come into SMS through another channel where they're using another platform potentially for their SMS. And what I'm really interested in understanding is where do the benefits accrue when you can have your, your whole stack in one platform, whether that's SMS, email, and then also that whole data piece that we've been talking a little bit about here. So yeah, that is a huge advantage of Clavio and we're finding a lot of our customers that switch over from point solutions are really um, loving the fact that everything lives on one platform. So it's super easy to design, you know, these multi-channel orchestrated journeys. Also attribution is much easier. You don't have to worry about data flowing back and forth and whether that's breaking. But you know, in, in general, like I'll just give this example. Imagine if you could pull in all of your data from your store platform. So whether that's Shopify or you know WooCommerce or whatever, use that data to build live updating segments for audiences like say female frequent purchaser or something like that. Display a form on your site to show a certain offer when someone from that segment visits your site. And then have an email automatically go out to that person one week before her next predicted order date, reminding her of that offer and then maybe showing some products like the ones she browsed that are top bestsellers, and then have an SMS message automatically go out to her two days after that if she didn't open the email, only if she didn't open the email. And being able to set up all of that within the same platform in minutes and be able to see exactly how much revenue was driven from the email versus the SMS and you know not have to juggle multiple platforms or multiple different contracts. It's really just so much easier and so much more powerful when everything lives together. I'm interested, like you must see so many clients and you know so many ways that the product is being used do you have any other things that you can sketch out for our listeners i think that right there it was just you know whether they're using clavier or not just like starting to think about a customer's touch points in that sort of way any other great examples you can kind of draw on that you've seen people leverage using either email or sms yeah. I mean, we have so many customers that are doing such exciting things. I actually just listened to the uh, suit company that was just on here. Suit Shop. Yeah, Suit yeah. Shop. That was uh, using Clavio. And they, they, I think, described it perfectly of how, you know, you have to really think through the customer experience and the funnel and just having all of that data of, you know, when someone engages on your site and what they browse, how they like to engage, whether it's via email or SMS and for certain types of messages, and then use that to create a really personalized, relevant journey. I mean, that's just that companies that do that well uh, in the next year are going to be heads and tails above companies that just do the batch and blast or spray and pray and um, don't really give much thought to nurturing customers throughout their journey. And then the next layer on that, I guess, would be zero party or first party data where you can actually intake people on your site through an interesting customer experience and then have the, you know, the data that's collected there echo through their customer journey as well. Yes, exactly. I mean, we are seeing that even before all the privacy changes and third-party data got so much more expensive and less effective and um, difficult to rely on that, you know, it's just, it's a more authentic relationship with your customers that you know firsthand what they are interested in, how they like to engage and Customers now are seeking that out, those really authentic relationships with brands. And, you know, that's another reason why it's so important to have your tech live together, because that customer experience is so critical. You know, thinking like 
if you are sending an email on one platform and an SMS on another platform, you may be double contacting people, you know, with the same kind of message and just really turning them off. And so when you can orchestrate that all together and really be mindful of how people actually want to engage with your brand, you're just going to be far more successful. Okay, let's talk about segments and segmentation because I'm I'm always interested like when you you, you know you have your audience and you start building these smaller segments based on their behaviors. Do you ever get to the point where you're where you're too segmented? What do you recommend in terms of size for instance, at, at like viable size segments or does it just totally depend on the business? Totally depends on the business and you know, given that all of these are automated in a platform like Clavio, I don't think it really there is such a thing as too small unless you're worried about you know, just having thousands and thousands of, of micro segments, but really even that is is very much doable because they auto update in, in real time. So you could say customers that um, have visited your site in the past six months, but opened an email two months ago and, you know, t- like to shop for women and, you know, uh, we're looking at pants. Like that can be a segment and you can create a specific journey and tailored content for them. And it really is just only bound by how many separate experiences you want to create. But you know, the more you do, the more relevant the message and the more effective it's going to be. Where do you stand on list hygiene? This is, I'm going to get some, I'll try to get some free consulting here. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're, we're an interesting model as a newsletter, right? Where we're not always, we've just introduced a product with our, with our course. Um, and so we do have that, but ultimately we're looking for like long-term engagements with people where they're opening the email, they're clicking through, they're coming back to the email again and again, in a lot of cases, um, you know, we've started to notice, you know, when we, when we drive new users, you know, there's a pretty strong correlation. If they don't open either of the emails in the first 48 hours that we sort of send, we send two emails. And if we would extended that to 48 hours or a little bit longer, there's probably three emails that we could, that we could say. And we find that when people don't open any one of those emails, it's like 99% of the time they go on to not be strong openers or openers at all in a lot of cases. So where do you advocate people start intervening when it comes to inactive users? That's a great question and relies way more on an understanding of deliverability uh, expertise than I have. But um, I will say, you know, it is something that you have to be mindful of. Um, I actually experienced this firsthand. I was going through my thousands of emails the other day because my personal inbox is, is just a black hole. And I noticed there were brands that were emailing me every single day or even multiple times a day. Uh, you know, for months and months and months, and I hadn't opened a single one of them. And I can't tell you like the actual technical implications of that from a deliverability perspective. I'm sure there are plenty, but from a customer experience perspective, that's just disrespectful, honestly, to use kind of a heavy handed term for it. But it, it says, you know, I don't really care if you're engaging with these or if you get value out of these, I'm just going to keep sending them to you and keep, you know, filling up your inbox. And I think it really is the the mindful and most authentic way to do it is to say like, hey, looks like you're not interested in hearing from us anymore. We're going to snooze these emails for a bit and let us know if you want to re-engage. And I think that actually is much more powerful than just continuing to send emails to people who aren't opening. Do you call it at Clavio, is it zero party data that we're talking about or is it first party data when you collect data from someone's front end of their system? Well, we actually use customer first data, which is a combination of zero party data and first party data. So the the information that customers give you themselves, the zero party data, you know, whether that's filling out their email address or or their phone number on a form, 
Um, and then the first party data, which is their behavior on the website, things that you get from other apps, like the returns that they've made or their NPS scores or their loyalty information. We call all that customer first data. Can you give any good examples of people using, you know, innovative ways to onboard the customer that generates uh, that zero party data where people are actually telling you about how they intend to use the product perhaps? Yeah, actually we just released um, this feature called multi-step forms, which breaks out, you know, the, the forms on your website into multiple steps. So you can collect all kinds of great information, not just email and phone number, but also, you know, we, we saw a pet website that's like, what kind of pet do you have? And, uh, you know, what kind of toys do they like? Or, you know, we, we have this one customer who, um, they sell video games. So they ask people in the form, um, what gaming platform do you have? That enables them to send much more targeted and relevant emails. And they can probably, I mean, they can ascertain all of that information from browsing behavior and um, abandoned cart kinds of um, information. But to hear it firsthand from a customer, it, it kind of signals, you know, we care about your experience. We're going to only send you things that are relevant and valuable to you. And I think it's a good move. What's on the development horizon? Where are, you know, as, as a product manager, where, where are you road mapping Klaviyo over, over the next little while? Where, where do you see some of the biggest innovations coming from Klaviyo? Yeah. So we, um, we think of our product in three different kind of layers. One is this data platform. So we are essentially part customer data platform or CDP, which is what enables us to pull in billions of data points, store that for an unlimited amount of time for free and, you know, update that in real time so you can use it uh, for super fast segmentation and personalization. Um, then we have the communications layer, which is right now email, SMS, forms. Um, we do social audiences, uh, push notifications, and then the learning and insights layer, customer intelligence layer. So we have a whole data science team that's doing amazing things with machine learning to use this huge data set to recommend best practices and really personalized recommendations right within the product. So some examples of that are benchmarks that we launched uh, earlier this year or showcase, which we launched just a couple weeks ago, but using all of that data intelligence to make our users and, and marketers and creators smarter. Um, the analogy our CEO likes to talk about is, you know, Google Docs doesn't make you a better writer, but Clavio will make you a better marketer. So we're going to continue to see developments in all of those areas. And I won't spoil it by giving you some of the specifics, but make sure you keep following next year. I think that's that, that was my experience with Clavio and what I've heard from other e-commerce e people is just how much thinking goes into the use case ahead of time. So that by the time customers are using it, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm glad they built that. Oh yeah, like, like yeah, just when when you're going, I've, I've looked at a, a number of different ESPs at this point and you can sort of tell, you know, which businesses they were built on. And Clavio has obviously worn that on its sleeve since the beginning in, in terms of planting its flag in that e-commerce environment. And uh, you're, just, you're killing it. <laughs> Thank you. We care a lot about people's experience. And, you know, we build for not just the like solopreneurs and the side hustles and people who are just starting out, but, you know, the Fortune 50 leading e-commerce brands. So it's actually a really fun challenge to figure out how to make even that powerful and scalable functionality intuitive and really fun to use. Um, because, we think about that from a entrepreneur perspective, but even people at large companies don't want to use clunky, difficult software. So it is really core to what we do. 
I'm just wondering, like, who isn't using Clavio? <laughs> like, like which which market segments? This, you know, which market segments out there are your like? Are they some of the legacy businesses that maybe got started with with older, you know, more established platforms at the time that that haven't evolved with the time? Like, who who are the market segments out there that you're trying to reach? This is something we do on the podcast. Is there, you know any clients that you really want you want to shout out out there? Who's not using Clavio? That's my question. <laughs> not using Clavio. People who are not with it. I'll tell you that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, a lot of times it's it's people with legacy software, also people who haven't realized the power of their own marketing. Well, I think there's this kind of old misconception from, you know, decades ago that like email marketing or you know, SMS marketing obviously didn't exist, but email marketing is just one of those things that you have to do and it's not really going to drive much of your revenue, but you know, it's an accepted best practice and companies especially, you know, e-commerce brands these days are really realizing if you do it well, if you make the messages really relevant and timely, um, you can drive huge amounts of revenue from it, like a significant portion of your revenue. So what do we say in these days in terms of that portion? Because I I remember when I was getting started back in 2016, 17, it was like, you know, a really good program. You're hoping for 20% of your of your revenue coming from email. What what's the benchmark now? We sometimes see, you know, 30, 40%. It depends on, you know, the the segment and um, and what you're doing, your strategies, but um, you can drive, yeah, at least a third of your revenue. And we've actually found that um, companies, brands on Clavio who use Clavio for both email and SMS, you know, to really make sure that that customer journey is super seamless and they're, they're being smart about what they're investing in because they can get accurate attribution. They're actually seeing an ROI average ROI of 122. Wow. That's pretty good. Um, and with the, with, it's funny, it's just from a selfish standpoint, again, we, we just launched this course, uh, for the, it's a sort of a first big product we've ever launched, but we've spent a year and a half building up a huge audience ahead of time and providing them a ton of value. And so the course launch has gone really well so far. So what I'm, I'm not just bragging here. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is like more and more brands are putting more attention into cultivating their audiences through content at, at, as part of the top of their funnels. That is, would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but you can't really rely on paid ads anymore. It's, you know, not as effective. It's super expensive, especially for really small brands. Um, You have to get a little bit creative and think about how you're driving people to your website so you can, you know, give them enough value to get some of their information in return and then continue to market them on your own channels in a way that's much more uh, sustainable in a way that you own. So I think that's going to be the new playbook for sure. Thinking about, you know, how you actually provide value through content and use that as your top of funnel hook. That's going to be the way to go. Amazing. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. This was a lot of fun. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Super fun. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.